What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. All right, so here we are again, A's for Alcoholic. Uh, our sponsor, as always, is the Green Camel Press, greencamelpress.com. Go to greencamelpress.com. Christmas is almost coming. We've got Christmas cards for you. Jerry, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a Christmas card. For Christmas, not like I'm going to okay. write in it, but I'm going to send it to you as a gift. Oh, thank you. I've <laughs> always then, wanted a Christmas yeah, card. <laughs> I've always wanted a blank Christmas a card. A blank Christmas card. Um, mm-hmm. But if you need blank Christmas cards, you can go to greencamelpress.com. I'll make you a screaming deal. Um, go check it out and check out the art. Um, all cool stuff. Uh, I also want to let you know that we are brought to you by the Gluten Is Not Your Problem podcast. Is everything okay? Hi. Yeah, my wife is coming in here because we're recording now. Hi, so. Megan and Coco. What's up? Um, and gluten is not your problem. Walter and I talked about his uh, his very strange birthday party at the roller rink. Which one? He went. To oh the- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he went to the roller rink and he just said it was very disturbing and uncomfortable, and he felt too old and i was like yeah wasn't it his are. idea though it was his i, I idea. love that our whole intro is dedicated to the weird shit <laughs> our friend walter does uh, so you should check out gluten is not your problem and also rashida and john which is the podcast i do with my girlfriend rashida of course and uh, we talk about health and wellness and i think jerry and i were just talking before we hit record about um about our workout routines and i think we're going to start one called mad gains uh-huh. Mad gains, bro. <laughs> bro, about middle-aged men trying to just stay fit. and Mad gains and mad pains. That's what we call and it. And it's just going to be like the most fucking useless misinformation. <laughs> like, it's, everything's wrong. Right? It's probably a lot like this podcast. Like, uh-huh. everything's just wrong. Everything's it's just wrong. our version of it. And it's like, oh, that's not how this works at all. No. Not, well, I, you know, I think, I mean, I think that, like, well, let me ask you, like we always talk about recovery, right? And so there, right. Are, there are people who are super hardcore about the way that it works and you yeah. follow these steps and this is the only way. And if you're not doing this, then you're doing people harm. Like I've heard this from people. Right. You know, and yeah, I think that I speak for both of us when I say that it's really about what level of level of sobriety, what you're interested in and what recovery genuinely i think it's very personal and what it means to you yes um and as long as yeah it is very personal as long as you're i mean maybe not happy is the wrong word you're not always going to be happy but as long as you are fulfilled in that particular aspect it shouldn't matter how you got there right you know right um 
I think as long as you're not in hell, as long you know what I mean. Like as long as like everything's not total garbage, you know. As long as you're not suffering. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. You mm-hmm. know, I man, I always bristle at that whole like you're doing it wrong. The only way you're doing it wrong is if you're still getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you choose to be sober and not work any program at all and you're happy, that's fucking rad. And if you choose to be sober and be completely miserable about it, you're probably going to start drinking or getting loaded again. It's yeah. just the way it is, you know. So I always I, I wrestle with that sometimes too, and I swear we're going to get to the topic of tonight's uh, today's episode, but um because I I I worry that I worry for myself sometimes if I'm not like following the program stringently that I mean that I'm going to fall off the wagon or or I'm going to not I don't really believe that, but I also don't want to I know how tricky my brain can be, right? Mm-hmm. So so I'm always careful to be to be conscious of it and to be aware of it and to you know, at, at the very least do the next, you know, do the next right thing. But right. I know for me that would not have been enough on its own to just say, oh, I'll do the next right thing. And that, yeah. and that the rigid structure and, you know, steps of a program to follow and to fall back on when I forget to follow them and go, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be working this part of it and then doing this. And then if I do all the steps, um, then I'll be okay. So that's just right. that's me. Is that I would I lived such an unstructured life, correct? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so yeah. I mean I don't know if you you don't how do you feel about free flowing versus rigid well, structure? I, I'm pretty free flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have structure, but it's not rigid, and it's a very loose structure. Yeah, but I still try to follow the structure, and I still try to follow some of the philosophies I've learned and the philosophies that have worked for me to keep me content in my recovery you know Mm -hmm. because then there's also this narrative that like you have to be uh, every single time you have to be in this huge amount of pain and in great distress to have a relapse and sometimes i think people just relapse because i've said it before on the podcast it's just what we do we're alcoholics we drink yeah you know the amazing part is that we're not drinking you know so I mean, it could be anything. There could be any excuse. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really weird because it's. I think there is this big narrative in our, in especially in our circles, where it's like, you were really hurting and in a lot of pain, and that's why you fucking went back out again. And so, like, I honestly think sometimes people were doing fucking great and they went back out because they're like, I'm doing so good, I got this shit handled. Mm-hmm. You know, or it's just like, hey, what's this one thing gonna do? Because you forget that that fucking dragon's got teeth. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know, man. Um, I mean, I, I'm so uncertain on all of it. I just keep doing what I'm doing now, and it seems to be working. And I can, like, you asked me how my week was, and, it, you know, it's, like, been a kind of a crappy month. And, all, you know, like, the way it used to be is I would have drank over it, and I just haven't. I got I a haven't. jury summons. Did I tell you about that? <laughs> yeah, but, see, I like going to jury, oh, jury duty. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm fucking crazy. And I'm like, it's my civic duty. I enjoy it. I'm like, put me on a case. Even a boring one. I want I went. I made it all the way up to the courtroom, and they dismissed me. I think it's because of the way I look. I think I look dodgy. <laughs> you do look dodgy. I do look dodgy. If I saw yeah. you on the street, man, I'd be like, I don't know, man. I <laughs> cuffing his jeans. I don't know. Big uh, old cuffs. Mm-hmm. What's up with your big old cuffs? I think you know. So I was having lunch with my friend, who I'm going to 
the I'm going to the desert with in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks, and we're going to run that half marathon um, because I apparently I can't not talk about running at least once a week on this. It's podcast. your new alcohol. <laughs> it's my it's new, new Tito's. Alcohol. It is my new Tito's. God. And he doesn't drink anymore, but he didn't. He just kind of said, "I'm done with it, and it sucks, and I don't like it anymore." But right. he's very much he'll he'll occasionally eat a little edible. Um, he likes to see the other dimensions. He's one of right. the things he's going to meet another friend of his down there, and they're going to have a a night, maybe two of eating mushrooms and going out into the desert and he two nights man that sounds horrible yeah i know that's what i said one night to me sounds horrible but two nights sounds like mm, i don't know it's none of my business and i said you guys should do what you want to do whenever you want to do it and like i don't have a problem with it it's totally cool um Mm -hmm. but i just meant horrible in the sense like the come down sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i just i'm not passing judgment i meant like yeah, uh, it just sounds like Barf City. It sounds to awful me. to me too. And yeah. but and he asked me, he's like, "Why don't you don't you ever feel like you want to, you know, on this spiritual path? Do you don't you ever feel like you want to see the other dimensions and stuff?" And I was like, "You know, man, what I think of is if I if I could eat one edible, my brain immediately is like, let's see how many I can eat. Like, can I eat two or three or four? And uh, if right. I can eat a if I can eat an eighth of mushrooms, maybe I should eat a fourth. Like I should, you know, if I take two hits of acid, you know, if that's how much I'm told to take, I immediately want to think like, well, maybe we should do five, man. And let's get fucking crazy, bro. Like that's what right. my, my brain says to me. And um, I, I just can't do it. So I have to, that's just not the path I'm on right now. And I, right. I say that. And, you know, when we talk about what our, um, our, our topic is today is, um, O is for old habits die hard. And so um, that was one of those things I was just thinking about at lunch today was like, I can't do it because my brain, the habit that my brain is used to is more, 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 more. But I also am not, I don't want to say that I will never do anything again because I feel like that definitiveness is also something that, that scares me. So it's like I part of, part of what, what keeps me, on this regular daily routine is that, Oh, I'm just going to do it for today. And we say it all the time, one day at a time. And it sounds, you know, um, what's the word? It sounds cliched. It sounds cliched, but it's kind of hacky. It sounds very hacky, but -hmm. it's true because like, if I go, I'm never going to drink again, there's a part of me that's like, Oh God, you're never going to drink again. Well, we have to leave the door open a little bit, right? right? You got to leave the crack open. Yeah. Just in case you got to get in that escape hatch. So so, it just doesn't go anywhere, but you know, at least you were in there, I guess. mm -hmm. So I don't think that I'm ever going to do mushrooms again Mm -hmm. or LSD or any of that shit, but I don't want to. I feel like psychedelics are really coming into the more of the forefront of like kind of cultured of culture of society right now mm-hmm. and i think it's because our generation is growing up and we've become middle-aged and we all experimented with psychedelics so they've become a more of a common thing to be able to talk about you know people microdosing and stuff like that it comes up at work you know i i work with a couple guys and one guy's theory is i need to take as much as i can so you know if you give me a whole fucking eighth i'll eat the whole fucking eighth mm-hmm. of mushrooms and i work with another guy who will just like microdose throughout the week and like at work both, even or just no not at work just on right. his days off and stuff but it, he's also like well what you don't want to you don't want to get to know yourself and i'm like i am getting to myself like to me i've always looked at it like and this is just my opinion it's like taking 
if you're using drugs like it's something outside of yourself to get to this higher path of consciousness isn't the journey to the higher path of consciousness the point or is the point getting to that higher path of consciousness do you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. if i could get to that higher path of consciousness through discipline and meditation and and you know prayer actually working my prayer or what you know what i mean mantras and shit and working myself or do i just eat mushrooms and see the fucking fractal people and high five them you know it doesn't work for me i, I and also the other dimension i get that one from this guy too like well you don't want to see what's on the other side and i'm like why do i have the ego to think that i deserve to see what's on the other side i'm not some intrepid traveler who needs to see whatever is on the other side of the veil that's not for me if it was for me then it would be allotted to me mm -hmm. but the argument is well it's allotted to you with mushrooms and i'm like nope breathing exercises <laughs> get into well, a get into one of those uh those tanks like that movie altered states like joe rogan dude you know, like those tanks are awesome you should yeah. you should go into one one of these days for your maybe yeah next year for your birthday I, when i was drinking down. i was always afraid i would have a panic attack when i was drinking now that i'm sober i'm i'm less inclined to panic attack so i've been curious about it but it's a little bit know. it's a little unnerving at first because but you're yeah. also can't you just like open yeah, the door it's not you're not like, locked i'm done you're, yeah, yeah you can leave anytime they just know. lock you in there and they play death metal <laughs> no you're just trapped inside this giant egg but right like i just I immediately like, and, I, and I, I'm not just saying that uh, the hyperbole of it, or, or deprivation tank, deprivation tank. That, sorry, sensory deprivation. Sensory Go deprivation ahead. tank. Uh, but the idea that my brain wants more and more and more. I'm not just saying that. Like that was instantly what I thought about when I thought about like, let's do the drugs. Right. Because I used to do. It gives me anxiety because I'm out of control. Yeah. That's why I don't think let's do more. I'm like let's not do any because I get anxiety because I'll be out of control and also because I don't. You want to be altered. You were never. I don't want to be intoxicated. You were Go never ahead. a psychedelic kind of dude, anyway. No, give me whiskey and cigarettes <laughs> and leave me alone. <laughs> or make out with me. Those are my mm -hmm. two things. Leave me alone or make out with me. That's all I want. The whiskey and cigarettes. You know. If you could do both. But I never was. I never was. But but I can absolutely relate with the old way of thinking. I do mm -hmm. it with food. I bargain with food. I bargain with the way I eat all the time. I, I'll, I will cut things out so that I can fit things in that I know are unhealthy for me or not good for me. I do it with games. I do. I have lots of obsessive, repetitive behavior. I was thinking you know. about food, um, and I was thinking about... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about food. Wrong podcast. Yeah, man. I was thinking about a cheeseburger the other day, but... Um, I had one. Was it good? It was all right. See, that's the thing. It's like I it even got to... it from a good place too, and it was it wasn't it was all right. I would have one, but I want it to be fucking delicious. You know what I mean? It's like, like I want eight hundred, be... nine hundred calories. Then it would, but as long as I knew it was going to be fucking amazing, then I wouldn't mm -hmm. care. You um... got to save that bitch up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I was thinking about the counting of the calories, right? And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. so sometimes I, I count the calories, right? And why do I count the calories? Because of my relationship with food. That's why I started it because I had a very unhealthy mm -hmm. relationship with food and I ate food because I wanted comfort, I wanted security, I wanted I wanted to feel good, I wanted pleasure and it was like and then I was yeah. like, well, because I yeah. wanted I wanted love. I wanted that that and food equals equaled love to me. Yeah. And so that's how I showed myself love was through eating fucking bags of salami and swiss cheese and right. you know, um pints and pints of ice cream everything all right was that there's that there no ghost? there's a 
No, yeah, there's all kinds of ghosts. No, there's a, one of those giant mosquito hawks flying yeah. around the room. It looks okay. like, and it's like as big as a fucking hummingbird. Mm. So I'm just like, power. don't, hey, don't get, yeah, he's like, hey, you've been fucking up lately. <laughs> it's a mosquito hawk. So, so yeah, I was thinking about this, and maybe I was thinking a little too much, but that food was my way of showing myself love when I didn't know any other way. And yes. so, why did Sounds I want familiar, love? Dude. Because yeah, exactly. Because I didn't get what I needed as a kid, and then I grew up feeling, you know, whether feelings of abandonment or abuse or um, neglect. And so, finding things outside of me to to make me feel happy, even though that happiness was very temporary and had mm -hmm. some severe consequences. So now I count these calories because I'm still developing this healthy relationship with food. It's not there 100%. Like you said, you barter, you or you bargain. Right? Mm -hmm. right? And so you Right, but I never I'm never without. Do you know what I mean? I never like It's not like the same kind of bartering when I drank where I was like, "Okay, I can get 3 hours of sleep. I can function on those 3 hours of sleep." Jesus. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, I guess drinking had a far more adverse effects on life absolutely that's why we're doing this fucking podcast and i got my dog over there barking i would have drank him to the fucking moon little fucker but uh, you know it's 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 funny because i think about it and the way you describe it it sounds just like your relationship with alcohol and the things that you thought you we could both get because i relate absolutely is the things i thought i could get from alcohol and then it poses another question on me when we talk about what is it old habits die hard are I wonder, am I in this to remove the old habit or am I in this to adapt the old habit? Do you know? Because I feel like if I, if I remove the old habit, which is this this um, obsessive compulsive behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And in the past, this obsessive compulsive behavior was not only fueled by my physical addiction, but by my psychological addiction to it. So now I remove the physical, I'm still psychologically drawn to this thing even though i know it doesn't do any good for me it actually does the opposite you know it does awful for me so do do i remove it which is going to be really fucking hard or do i just adapt it and so i've kind of resolved myself reserved myself to adapt to it or to adapt it to a healthier thing or to something that will benefit me or benefit my family or benefit my mental state you know <clears throat> you know so the habit doesn't change the in my opinion the the routine changes right or at least the habit i mean some people can remove can mm -hmm. i mean we were just talking about a guy who ran a two-hour marathon i mean if that guy can physically do it why cannot why can't someone psychologically overcome something yeah. you know what i mean for their own mm -hmm. benefit but for me i look at it and i'm like i don't i right now at this point in my life it is impossible for me to remove that old habit that obsession that obsessive kind of compulsive behavior i have in my mind you know? with with ingesting imbibing with things with making myself feel, feel better better right but taking this weird shortcut that all it does is harm my health and harm my relationships and what makes me want to harm myself you know and mm -hmm. so i'm like well how do i adapt it how do i change it how do i transform it you know rip, 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 rip. Well, it's a transformer noise you know mm -hmm. like how do i change it into something positive that'll work for me and every day i think about it i struggle with it like i I do I, I commit time to thinking about it like in the shower or on the bus and I'm like how do I approach this situation in my life without having to rely on these old tools that didn't work you know mm -hmm. yeah it's I don't it's a fucking mind 
fuck, dude. <laughs> I don't know if we did a we did an episode about this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up again. I think maybe I read a book last year or the year before about habits, and I don't remember what it was called. It was like the science of habits or something. And there's three parts to any habit, which is the cue, the routine, and then the reward. So like right, we may have talked about this, but refresh our memories. So this is so like the cue would be. Oh, it's uh, it's five o'clock, you know, and then the r- routine is I'll mix myself a drink and the reward is the, the ease and comfort that comes from that drink. And right. so that then, you know, or whatever the cue might be for smoking a cigarette is like, I'm going to get in the car and a lot of people smoke in the car. I used to smoke in the car a lot. And so then, did I. And yeah. then you get that reward. That di- well, I think one of the differences with cigarettes is that it's not really a reward it's just keeping you from feeling horrible but while maintenance it's it's maintenance. but alcohol over time becomes maintenance Mm -hmm. as well but i get your point though and it's an absolutely valid point so when you talk about this routine that now you 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 didn't remove but you're just replacing it with food and now you have it right you you've kind of you've kind of restricted it or constricted it to this to this calorie counting app um right (laughs) <laughs> which I think is an amazing tool and has helped me to really um, it's it's helped me to lose a lot of weight and it's helped me yeah. to um, to really be mindful with my eating even if it seems a little obsessive with you know plugging in every cup of spinach that I have <laughs> you know but it's also a mile marker like you are aware of what you're putting into your body mm-hmm. and that's not a negative thing it may appear obsessive to people around you but fuck them Right. You know what I mean? Like, they can't tell you what they had for lunch yesterday. I can. <laughs> right? I can't. I can yeah. tell you what I had for Penang lunch curry. last month. <laughs> Penang curry and half a cup of rice, you know? but And it's not even just a food thing. It's mm-hmm. fucking, it's like any positive thing. You know, showing love to my wife and daughter, being forgiving, trying not to react so quickly in an anger. Because my old habits during my active alcoholism was zero to ten immediately. And I've gone back there, and I understand dry what what they, the the alcohol the AA people call a dry drunk. You know, I get it now because I've had a few of them. It's where I fell back into my old habits again, and I was acting like an asshole. You know what I mean? Acting like a hungover person all the time without the benefit of drinking or, or the detriment or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. But so it's not even just the food thing or the fitness thing. It's like this mental thing I'm trying to do all the time, where I'm like, how don't react, Jerry. Don't react. Think about it. Like, think about what's happening, you know, and, and, and I react a lot. Like I fail, I fail it constantly, but being aware of it. And I have to tell myself all the time, I'm like being aware of it now and being willing to make the change is, is way better than where you were before. So now you just got to start making the changes or at least finding the tools or finding a resource or, you know, yeah. like you you asked me, how's your, how's your week going? And I'd maybe old Jerry would have complained. I would have been like, fine. You know, and I was just open with you. I'm like, dude, it was hard, but what do I do? You know, like, do I sit here and think about how hard it is and get sad? I've already, I did that last week and it was exhausting, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't just, but I guess my point is it wasn't just the food thing, but it is the food thing. It's a way of thinking. I just was saying that you sometimes, and I do the same thing where that routine has changed. So the cue, the cue would be, I feel bad. Right for me, and yes. so then, it, mm-hmm. then the routine would have been go drink, um, and mm-hmm. now it's like or eat something bad, and now right, it's it's gotten better, but the routine is still somewhat like well, then I'm gonna go get a 
veggie burrito, which is not a terrible right. thing. Or your old thing was a pint of ice cream. A pint of ice cream. You know cream. what I mean? Or yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I look at it in the larger perspective of things, my routines are getting better. My rewards are not as um, uh, as immediately like ecstatic and euphoric, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm also those consequences, those fucking come downs of like the idea of like bliss being all the way up here and then but bliss doesn't last and then when you, i come back down to despair mm-hmm. um i it's awful and so i want to find that thing where it balances out ultimately what i'd like to do is look at the things that i put in my body as fuel to be able to do other things right and we're also inundated with advertisement and marketing that tell us that the what you want as a human being is to sit on the couch and be comfortable and eat fucking food like that's what right. that's what american ad, this is a whole different conversation but commercial advertising is all about is is yeah. like the beginning of um what was that pixar movie with the the dudes who were in the chairs that moved around and they were they were like big and fat and they just wally watched, was it that was that it wally yeah, yeah. And I was, and it's like, that's fucking, that's what American advertising is. And no offense to anybody who's in marketing or advertising, but seriously, um, that's all I ever see. Knock it (laughs) off. Seriously. I, I see it on what, where do I get most of my, my media from now? I mean, I watch a lot of Netflix, YouTube and commercials and, uh, what Instagram scrolling. Right. That's what it is. YouTube never tries to sell me food though. YouTube's always trying to sell me soap and like a ball hair groomer. <laughs> oh, that's right. The dude who yells They're always at trying me about to my sell soap. me. Yeah. The dude who yells about soap. And then the dude who yells at me about my hairy genitals. And I'm like, <laughs> Leave me like you can, of course, nobody can see my face, but it's just, this like <laughs> my soap is fine. And my, all my undercarriage is perfectly fine. It's thank fine. you. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything's fine. Like stop yelling or it's sunglasses that open up bottles of beer. And I'm like, <laughs> You're right. why do you have sunglasses? I don't even open up soda bottles anymore. Like, mm-hmm. give me a fucking break. YouTube, y'all got to figure out your algorithm. Mine is like cool punk rock t-shirts and stuff with like scary Halloween stuff on it. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Rings. Like Just fucking fedoras that I never wear. <laughs> Hip, come on. Like a t-shirt with the Ramones with pumpkin heads on them instead of. Right. Uh, yeah. Judge. <laughs> Joe Valentino sent me a picture of the Ramones last night and he wrote, uh, you should change this to from the Ramones to the Mamones, which Spanish Mamon is like an asshole or a sucker, uh-huh. like because Mama means suck. So he's like, it should say Mamones, and they should all be taking selfies. Like <laughs> he just sent me, the, yeah, I loved it. It made me laugh so hard. It's a bit deep. You'd have to know who the Ramones were. You'd have to speak, and then Spanish. also know that Mamon. Yeah, it's very niche, but there are a lot of Latino punk rockers. So yeah, Latino and Latina. Yeah, you could send it to that yeah. that Morrissey. Uh, crowd in la they might get it they'd fucking love it dude mm-hmm. they'd love it yeah. um mm-hmm. but i i think he's great he's great you know he's always got some weird shit that takes you know takes a minute to kind of like it's really smart you're like oh uh, yeah uh. um but i i the the routine the habit is the habit of thinking it's the way that we think it's the way that we go about making our decisions and um i i I think that that being aware is one of the is the first step for me was like, oh, okay, so that's how I work. That's how my brain works. And -hmm. that's how I can answer questions when somebody says, hey, how come you don't want to do psychedelics or how come you don't drink? Um, Mm -hmm. And I had 
I had somebody offer me wine at work. You know, there was some bottle that was supposed to be super fancy or whatever, and and they were like, yeah, you should you should taste this. I was like, no thanks. You you know, you go ahead. And I I try not to be. I'm open with my sobriety, but also yeah, not everybody needs to fucking know. They don't. Yeah, you just start telling your story immediately. So, you're like, my first drink was when I was 14 years old. <laughs> And then, like, just kid, you're like, I gotta go, you know? Like, I don't want to yeah. be obnoxious with it. The same thing right. with the fact that I don't really, I don't really eat meat anymore, and so I kind of mm-hmm. just avoid it because I don't want right. to be like, well, they're like, so do you want some of this pork tenderloin? You're like, well, actually, no, I'm gonna be running a half marathon in a couple of weeks, and so I, and right. it's like, huh? No, I don't care. Just eat it or they don't. don't. need that like, shit. <laughs> so you're just like, no thanks, I don't need any wine. Yeah, no thanks, I don't need any wine. I'll be taking these cannolis, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm. But, you know, there's still that thought. Like, I had my nose in a glass of wine because somebody, they were passing them around as, like, a tasting. And I was right. like, like, oh, okay, I get it. It smells like Cabernet. It's probably it smells like and... shit to me. Can you can tell? It doesn't bother you, huh? It doesn't. It doesn't bother me because I, for me, it's like a, it's a job, right? I always, I've right. always said this before that, like when I was tending bar and even working around booze, um, in whatever capacity, it's like a bank teller doesn't steal dollars all the time. I mean, right? That's, yeah, that's a so, good analogy. So, like, that's kind of yeah. how I look at it. I know that the, I know mm-hmm. the, I, the analogies may not be perfect, but like, it's yeah. a good one though. You don't yeah, go to you go to really the bank because they pay you, so they're going to work, and I'm, I'm not gonna, um. I'm just not going to I'm not going to drink it. But there's still those thoughts of like, ooh, yeah, I remember when I used to pound this shit. Yeah, it fires up the little lights in Mm -hmm. your head. But now they're dimmer because it's not there's no compulsion or need there. I imagine it's because if there were, you'd be drinking. Yeah, I don't feel I I don't feel compulsion or need. I mean, I know we we, we, or at least it changed. yeah, Yeah, we don't we don't sit here and do this because, you know, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, I don't. I don't feel any compulsion or need anymore. But I'm definitely um, aware of compulsions and needs that I've had in the past. Right? So, you have to be right. Yeah. So be. Oh, and here's another example. Is like we were at this ramen joint and they had this like cold brew matcha green tea shit, and I was like, huh, that sounds cool. I've never heard of that before. And it was just like cold green tea. And right. she brings it Sounds over in good. this little carafe, and she's like shaking it up, and she pours it, and and I was like, oh, and I, excuse me, miss, and I'm like, there's no alcohol in here, right? It's just tea, and she's like, yeah, just tea. And I was like, okay, I need to be diligent because one, I don't want to yes. slip. Yes, I certainly don't want to ingest anything on accident because it would just, I don't know, it would probably ruin my day. I mean, I don't think it would be horrible. You feel like I would... shit all day and be hyper hypersensitive to uh, am I feeling different? Right. What happens now? I understand that. I just haven't mm. I haven't slipped yet, not no. accidentally. No, but not on purpose not, either. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. But so that's right. why I'm always asking and I'm always cautious with it, you know, because I don't want those like those lights to fire up because they may be dim, right. but right. The dimmer switches, the switch is still there. Dude, if you were allergic to shellfish and they offered like something like fish sticks, bouillabaisse, yeah, you'd be like, is there crab juice or whatever they mean? You know what I mean? Is there crab broth? That wouldn't make you unreasonable. No. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't think you think so either, Mm -hmm. though. But for anybody out there who's listening, it's not unreasonable for you to ask if there's alcohol in it. No. You have a 
people, you know, I have an averse reaction to alcohol. It was also two in Whenever the afternoon. I, dude, they what? bring me chocolate chip cookies at work. People bring in candies and shit all the time. And every time I'm like, is there weed in this? Right. You know, because Oregon is it's made Oregon. out of weed. And so everybody assumes that you smoke fucking weed. And I don't fuck with weed because I have panic attacks and because I don't like being intoxicated. So I want to eat these co- at least half of this cookie, but... If there's weed in it, I'm going to be fucking bummed. Like, it's going to ruin my day, and it's going to mm-hmm. ruin your day next time I see you. Yeah. So I always have to ask. And they're always like, there's not weed in everything. And I'm like, there is weed. I just went to the dispensary with you because you gave me a ride home. And they had weed in everything. everything. They have weed in everything. So, yeah, I got to be careful, dude. Do they have those, like, her- this- Hershey's Kiss and wake up and fucking, or, you know, wake up in Washington State. Like, right. Yeah. Do they have weed gum? They yeah, like bubble gum. Yeah, yeah, bubble gum. The gummy bears, fucking pizza, like anything, anything you can put weed in to get high. We're humans. We love getting fucked up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not gonna discount the fact that a lot of people use it for chronic illness and that. I mean, that I don't even not gonna bring that up because that should be go without saying, you know. But like, we like to get fucked up in any way we can try to get fucked up. Think about all the different ways people use it. Get even drunk. Have you heard about these like Tide Pod, the Scotch Tide Pod? Yes, thing I did. Doing? What the fuck is that? It's like That's a gusher. Stupid. Who, who like... does? Yeah, who does a shot of Scotch? Have you ever done a shot of Scotch? No, no. Well, actually, don't... that's not true. I was on the. Las I mean, Vegas we're on the wrong and... pad. Yeah, okay. And we're also on the wrong podcast. Say, <laughs> who does a shot of scotch? Because I've literally drank warm whiskey out from under my bed at like three in the morning. So I was like waking up from a sleep. So I shouldn't ask. I that, had a but... I had a pint of scotch on the Las Vegas Strip, drinking it out of my dad's seventies like cat puke brown leather jacket that was all yeah. ripped in the back. Like, right. I so looked... you have taken shots of scotch. That's wrong. But would you do it in gusher form? Probably. No. When we were drinking, absolutely would have. It... But what I'm saying is like we just look for reasons. We just look yes. for ways to get fucked up. All that is is a new way to get fucked up or a different way- approach mm-hmm. to not feeling like the way you feel because the way you feel is like shit or you feel uncomfortable and you need to feel comfortable or whatever your reason is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just cracks me up. It's just, just like all this white claws and all that. And I'm like, that's Zima, motherfucker. You're killing me. It's just Zima. It's the same shit. It's the same shit. And yeah. Zima was gross unless you put vodka in it. Yeah. I mean, we were. T- <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. I used to do it with uh, with ciders. Vodka yeah. and I'd put cider on top of it. But yeah, because what's the use of just drinking soda? Mm hmm. Um, we were talking about this. uh I, what did he say at lunch? We were, yeah, we were just talking about the fact that beforehand, everything was revolved around drinking. Even the even the most active of activities, like let's go All hike the it. mountain. It's like, wouldn't it be great? We'll bring some cold brewskis and we'll crack them on the top of the. You know, even he was saying he was a very active bike rider. And he's like, we're gonna go ride some bikes and then we're gonna get some. We're gonna get drunk out by the lake, or this whatever is your partner? it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but it's funny because we were the same way. Our whole friendship, our whole friend group, and we had like external friends that were peripheral that were also did the same thing. I mean, out of the four of us that were really close, and then the other circles that kind of surrounded us, it was all everything was based on drinking. That's all everything, every single thing. Yeah, we would say things like, "Let's go out to dinner," you know, or you know, "It's our Sunday night. We'll go. Let's go watch movies at Jerry's house." Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it was, but it was always we got to stop by the liquor store. We got to stop by the corner store. We've got to. There's got to be this. Alcohol will be involved in some way or another, and yeah, so absolutely. 
exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about the Scotch pods. Like they were doing like it right. was like a Johnny yeah. Walker flight, but it was like little pods. And like, what is that plastic shit made out of? I mean, what gelatin? What's the point? It's of- probably some type of jello gelatin. But the point is, it's just a novel, unique, novel way to get loaded you know vaping alcohol i think they were smoking it or something like that that was a thing a few years back maybe i don't know god that'd probably be bad for you what about butt chugging you remember that yeah and then the other day somebody had mentioned it oh butt chugging you know what's up right jerry and i'm like i never butt chugged but i would have (laughs) i absolutely would have probably if i could have find someone who would have done it for me like help me out and they assured me that i wouldn't die like i'd be like yeah let's do this because i mean not to get too rough on the it's a podcast but i already had diarrhea all the time what the fuck was the difference what would be the difference of a little uh, whiskey shits oh i guess i guess the whiskey's not digested you know like come on now yeah Yeah, it's still i absolutely 100 percent would have done it yeah i i just just no one wanted to do it to me and i didn't really want to do it to myself so and that was that was like 2000 I think you were you were nearing the end. I think that was like 2012 or 13. So right, I think you, that's absolutely. The party was over at that point. Yeah, there right? was like nobody to drink. I just drank by myself. I, but if it, I mean, I would be like, "Yo, John, can you hook me up with a wine enema?" <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you'd be like, you probably would have actually. You just gotta stand in the tub and do it. But I mean, I, I mean, I probably just, would have just this to is, say I did it. Just you to, know, but. I would have been like, but oh, now I'd be like, lube it up. Why are you put no fucking thing in my butt? And then what? Mm-hmm. So no. I just feel like, yeah. So there's, it's all these, there, there are so many of these things that people are, they're trying to get excited, do something different. And it's like, I mean, I, I don't think those things are for real alcoholics. And I, I mean, I no, that's the novelty for people who just want to say that they, Drank in a party bus, or you know, maybe the butt chugging thing. I don't know. I that don't takes know. some dedi- that takes some alcoholic dedication. But like, <laughs> all these other things are just it's just part of the novelty of drinking. Drinking is accepted and subversive at the same time. It's so strange, mm-hmm. right? It exists at the because we all everybody drinks in culture to get over these things or to deal with these things. But then it's very. But then there's that line where it goes from being accepted to subversive. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? To the point where you're also you're against culture because you fucking black out and make out with someone's wife and punch your husband. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or crash your car or whatever. It's 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 such a complex thing. It's it's totally acceptable until you until I won't say it's totally acceptable, but until you crash your car, until something until you like infringe upon somebody else's you know right. livelihood or good time or something right. like that they're like you can hurt yourself all you want right don't hurt them because i've even had people be like i don't know you didn't seem like an alcoholic to me i've heard that a few times and i'm like have you fucking met me really mm-hmm. you know like and it was it was usually people who didn't drink with me all the time mm-hmm. you know but it was people i know who still drink now and they're like i don't get it like you'd never seem like an alcoholic like i was supposed to be like this homeless and there's you know like this homeless fucking sad I was sad, but do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, that, um, that stereotype of what an alcoholic is, what's portrayed in media and under shit. the bridge. Like, oh, these people can't handle their shit. And I'm like, well, I can't handle that shit because there's something in my brain. It's not even like I'm weak willed. It's just, and that part of me is very weak willed, but you know, my brain is all fucked up doc. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, so when you, 
when you say when you talk about those old habits and and adapting them to new ways of being thinking and um and and just existing like can you can you give me some examples of like and you the one that you struck that 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 stuck out to me was the one you were like talking about bettering relationships with my family like with my right. wife can you talk about right. like what the habit like kind of what drinking would have been like in your relationship with your wife and now things that may have things that that would have caught like, like an argument that would have caused you to right. drink versus so now what I tell myself now because it's not even just things that would have caused me to drink it's the way I behaved when I was hung over or while I was mm-hmm. drinking you know uh, it was never like it was never like oh Megan is gone for two days on a photo shoot in Phoenix so I'm gonna drink I'm just like I drink Megan's gone for two days on a photo shoot for Phoenix that pisses me off because she needs to fucking be here with me and not leave me alone. And maybe she's hanging out with some fucking dude I don't know. Or some mm. cool photographer who's not a shitty fucking drunk. Or she needs to be here with me and Olive. Or she just left Olive with her mom. Because she couldn't leave Olive with me because I was fucking drunk all the time. You know? And so then that would turn into me being resentful and jealous and drunk and envious. And also really envious and really resentful of her ability to be able to talk to people without being drunk and ability to be able to further her career without being drunk you know and so the way i've i just that that um urgency is gone now do you know what i mean like that urgent fucking feeling that feeling of complete panic is gone and i think what i do intentionally to not think about it is this is all fucking temporary like i have to keep telling myself that all the time so when i feel that fury that anger that insecurity all that shit you know those old habits because a lot of it was based in insecurity i just have to tell myself this is temporary you know this mm-hmm. is absolutely temporary it will pass you just got to breathe through it and eventually that obsessive feeling it'll pass you know but the obsessive feeling was a lot worse before because I was always mentally and physically ill, you know. So the, those are parts of the conscious things. Being mindful of the moment, mm-hmm. pausing, you know, like walking away. Like I get, I would, you know, I get really frustrated with my daughter at times because she's nine years old and doesn't want to do homework. And I'm like, it will take you fucking 20 minutes. Just sit down and fucking do it, you know. And she'll fight me on it. She won't fight me on it, but she'll get upset and she's very sensitive and she starts crying. And then I get frustrated because I'm like, why the fuck are you crying? You just got to add, you know? But instead of me saying that to her, I just go, you know what? Your mom's going to help you with this. I got to I gotta go for a walk and I'll just walk. I'll just leave the house and walk. I'll put my shoes on and I'll leave pissed off. But by the time I get back, I'm fine. Just removing myself from it. And if mm-hmm. I'm unable to, re- even in the smallest way, I don't have to, I can just go in my bedroom yeah. and be like, you know what? You can get even if Megan's not here, I'm like, you get a break, you get five, ten minutes to cry, feel sad, work it out, then I'll come back and I'll help you. Yeah. But I need a I need five, ten minutes to cry, feel sad and work it out too, you know? Yeah. So I think mindfulness is a lot of it. Being aware of my triggers is a lot of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Knowing your triggers is really important, I think, as well. Your emotional triggers. If you know that like you're gonna fucking you have to go to your mom's house, but you know that she's drunk and you're going to fight and she's a pain in your fucking ass. Like, don't go. And if you have to have to go, find a way out. Yeah. Not find a way out like, duh, I mean, go and do your obligation. But if it gets hairy, find a way out. Just got to find a way out. Yeah. And who fucking cares what they think? Just find your way out. Be like, hey, I got to go. 
you know, whatever. My uh, my brain is full of bees and then run off into the night or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like escape plans are always good. Yeah. I don't know. I um I mean, so the relationship I'm in right now, I've been in the entire time I've been sober. So she never knew me drinking, but when I think about um relationships that I'd been in where I was drinking, it was always me against them and alcohol was something that I had to get, right? So yeah. it was always this, mm-hmm. it was this, not me, yeah, I guess me against them because there would always be this balancing act where I kind of had to keep them far enough away but make them feel close enough so that I could still continue to drink and have the relationship, even though right. neither one was being completely fulfilled because I... Right. I was always trying to hide it and I was always trying to um trying to uh, trying to keep keep up a wall, keep up a barrier. Keep, I was I was hiding it. And so now like one of the things and you know Rashida and I are very communicative and we talk a lot and we talk very openly a lot. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I have learned is like whatever the problem might be um like if we're on a team together and we have a problem to fix, then then we're going to fix this problem. It's not her against me. There's a problem, and we're not communicating correctly, and we have to figure out how to do that. And so, yeah. so it's not, um, it's not a fight. It's that there's an issue, and so I'm here to help fix that issue. And so that's something that has changed for me relationship wise. That I never, I never used to think that way. I never used to think like, I was always like, I'm angry at you because you need to get, you need to fix yourself. You need to change. I'm fine. Yep. And so that yep. this is your fault. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. It was always, uh-huh. it was always the other person's fault, and it was always, uh-huh. it was always something that they were doing to me. And then what is the, what is the one, what is the biggest thing that I have come to learn in in recovery that has helped me is. Well, what is your part in this, John? Like, what is your yeah. part? What is your part? I, I know you, mm-hmm. even if you've been justifiably wronged, how did you get to that point, John? That's a great way. <laughs> one of the best ways to break the old habit. I just used that yesterday with dealing with a difficulty in work. And the old me would have blamed everybody but me. I would have been like, well, it's their fault for their arbitrary rule or their fault for whatever they were doing. And mm-hmm. this thing needs to go all the way up to the state level because it's fucked up. And at the end of the day, it was like, my fault. What's my part? What mistake did I make that led that needed to be rectified that led me into the position I'm in now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I then I'm like, hmm? as I hear it a lot with people all the time that there's when there's a problem and I hear it from people who, in recovery, sober, not sober, whatever, where there's always it's always somebody else's fault. And I what I Always. what I want to say that nobody wants to hear and nobody wants nobody's asking me is what was your part in it? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So if you start to think about that, because then that like then that means there's you have to be responsible. And then that means right. you have to be you have to be self aware. And then that means you have to change something about yourself. Right. And that's fucking bullshit. And I just wanna, you know, drink and be left alone. <laughs> right. So I just want grandma's locket because grandma loved me the best and now Aunt mm-hmm. Judy's got it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so what is it though? What is it inside that you need to confront that needs you to have that locket? Do you know what I mean? What is it? Because the gesture is that the principle too, man. I bring it up all. I haven't brought it up in a while, but that's just a stupid fucking hill to die on. It's the principle of the thing. 
No, it's not. It's only in your head. Mm-hmm. And if it is a principle, let him get away with it then. What are you going to – why? So you're going to be miserable? They don't give a fuck. Like, mm-hmm. they're still rolling around, grabbing ass, having a great day. You're the one who's all upset, you know? So, yeah, it's it's definitely like what is it – What what's your part in it? Is great. Is really helpful for old habits. Because um, if the old habit is blaming other motherfuckers for your problems all the time, there's only one constant in all those situations. You know what I mean? You're the one factor. Yeah. In every single one of those situations. So yeah. really look at what you're doing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it may not even be your own actions that are that is the consistent thing. It may be your attitude or your perception of it or the importance this thing holds to you, this resentment you're holding. You know. Or I it, it could go it could go as deep as like you say you have an issue at work and something happened at right. work, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, and I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily use you as an example, but I'm just, Go I'm ahead. just, just <laughs> like something went wrong. Right. And so you right. get in trouble at work. And so like, well, it wasn't really my fault, but maybe, maybe you hadn't been happy at work for a while. So maybe you hadn't been as right. diligent at you as you always have been. And maybe, Correct. maybe you mm-hmm. let something slide that you would never let slide, but you have been feeling less than excited about going to work. So you right. just didn't check on that one thing. And that one thing was more important than you had let it on, but it, you were fine to let it slide for a little while. And then it finally Correct. catches up to you. And exactly. it's like, <laughs> so I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm know, not even taking I offense. I know this is the exact route I was taking in my brain when <laughs> right. I was thinking about my situation in life. You know, I was like, I let something slide that I, that I, I'm responsible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But old me would have been like, that is bullshit. That rule is bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I hear people do it all the time. This is bullshit. This doesn't work. This is, this is bullshit. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. bullshit. But what did you do that caused this thing to happen? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're walking down the street and you're hit by a car, like, well, maybe you're jaywalking. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, you I know, know what I mean. Like, there like are accidents happen. Acts of God, you know, mm-hmm. some act of God, some accident. But other than that, like in your interpersonal relationships, like, mm-hmm. what's my part in it? What's my part in it with my insecurity with my wife and leaving, you know, and going to Phoenix for a photo shoot, or the way I treat her, the way we relate, or why she doesn't invite me to go with her, you know, back then, you know, mm-hmm. like that was my part in it. You know, I was unfun to be around so why take me anywhere you know why invite me anywhere Mm -hmm. why wouldn't she want to go hang out with her friends and let a load of steve off because i'm sitting in the house going from zero to a hundred like every fucking second you know yeah and i think they like gotta get to that walmart get that evan williams you know jesus dude good lord it's just fucking sad dude and i mean i i i don't yeah it's just sad it's sad it's sad um, Evan Williams at the Walmart. It just sounds fucking. The dude, I didn't even tell you the worst of it, man. Shit, man. I remember going, getting a twenty-four, forty-eight pack of diapers, getting a bottle of Evan Williams, not having enough money, so taking the forty-eight pack of diapers back and getting a twelve pack of diapers in the same bottle of Evan Williams. It's just the only thing oh. that would have been better is if I just would have put the diapers back entirely and just put a newspaper around her. You know what I'm saying? Like that's some fucking hallmark fucking alcoholic Jesus, story yeah. like do you know what i'm saying uh-huh. and like that was normal to me you know so why those are my actions like why would i so then people are like well you don't look like you've never seen like that much of an alcoholic i'm like i would crawl over my fucking mother for a drink you have no idea like not to be dramatic but That's i true if i would have found a creative way to do it to not hurt anybody's feelings absolutely it's true i wasn't at the point yet where i was ready to walk on a motherfucker but i would definitely find a way around them to get what i wanted mm-hmm. this is a manipulator 
Yeah, that's absolutely. that's that real talk. <laughs> and it's, you... it's well, and I even to the point of for me, it was like I'm just going to remove everybody out of my life that gets in the way yeah, of me drinking. Yeah, so you isolated. So, I know you did. So yeah. I didn't. I didn't put myself in a position to have to walk over anybody. I certainly, and mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was not in a um as a committed a relationship. I wasn't married with a child like you were, um, mm-hmm. and. And so it was just easier for me to say, yeah, you know what? Whatever's happening outside of this small little world, I don't want any part of it because I won't be able to drink. And so yeah. I just avoided everything. And now I can't even imagine. Like I get, you know, I want to go and experience new things. And I I think about, you know, and I'm still, I don't want to, I don't want to meet every motherfucker in the world. I'm still, I'm, nah. I'm, I'm a lot more introverted than, than I ever realized when I was drunk. It was more of a show, mm-hmm. but um, but I'm not afraid of meeting people. I'm not. I'm I'm interested and I'm I'm excited and I'm happy to like shake somebody's hand and you know hear their name and hear their story and all that kind of stuff. And you know, talking yeah. about, I want to go back to one other thing that was uh, that I was thinking about when we were talking about weed smoke and, and marijuana, but um, and and your part in it. Well, like, well, what was my part in it? There's this show going on in Oakland, and my girlfriend's friend, Mike, who's a drummer in this band called Secret Sidewalks, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And the guy who's doing the artwork for like their Instagram promos, is I just really like it. And um, he's super cool. And so, But this is a group of people who are very much into smoking weed. And yeah. um, that's just a culture, right? That's it's music. It's Bay Area. Yeah, it's just, you know, yeah. and, and she even she was telling me, she's like, man, I just got to know whether or not it's a no smoking policy because I don't want to get high. I'm not. And they yeah. a lot of people feel like, well, I'm blowing smoke in your face because I'm sharing the love. And because a lot of people in the area have, you know, marijuana being legal is a big victory for a lot of people, especially people yeah. who have been uh, wrongly incarcerated, who have been, you know, wrongly you know harassed or whatever for something that is now like legal and free and she's and she (laughs) was kind of like preemptively saying i don't want to get high i don't want you to fucking blow smoke in my face i understand that's the way that that is i need to find out what kind of what kind of atmosphere i'm going into and so i love that idea of preemptively taking responsibility for where I'm going to be because I want to, it makes sense. I want to enjoy the music. I want to, I want to support my friends. I want to have a good time. I want to go out on a Friday night and go to a club and like still enjoy that thing. But I certainly do not want to get fucking high or I don't want to breathe your fucking lung smoke. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't want you to breathe on me. I wouldn't ask you to, you would never ask anybody to breathe on you any other way. It's right. gross, but all of You're a sudden... You're like, yo, spit that vodka in my exactly. mouth. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's yeah. nasty, dude. Yeah. yeah. Spit that vodka in my mouth real quick. Yo, yeah. from across the room, <laughs> share the love, bitch. You know? So it's... I get it, though. It's always great to be assertive for, for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. 100. Keep it 100. Be assertive. Be, be assertive. assertive for yourself. Be assertive yeah. and, and, and take responsibility before. Be preemptive. That's, yeah. that was that and I was like yeah because it would be cool to go but not if I have to um not if I have to worry about that shit yeah drive home like half high yeah <sighs> and just and it would be it would be awful because it wouldn't be fun and I would feel bad about it and I would have a headache and then I would have to talk to somebody about it and you know so I don't know I I think that I try to take like the basic 
the basic idea of the cue, the routine, and the reward. And if I can mm -hmm. build it into something positive, then there's nothing wrong with that. If I can go like, I'll take running, for example, you know, oh, I'm feeling irritable, restless, and discontent, as the, as the, as the literature might say. And, and instead right. of going to get a drink and then getting drunk, which is that reward, it's like I can go for a run and I can get my blood flowing and, you know, get my heart rate up. And you were talking about, you know, working out before, like get my heart rate up and it feels good. Yeah. And, yeah, it know? does. So that's that's kind of what I just try to basically you're just pulling out one block and I put or I pull out one block and I put in another and um, try to find the one that fits that that hole the best. Right. That peg. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, square that's, peg, round hole. Mm hmm. Then fucking shave the edges off the peg. Right. God oh, damn shit. it. That's yeah. what it takes. Sometimes it does. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little work. You got to rub it on the ground for a while. Yeah. Sand off the sides. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a weird analogy, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It takes a little uh, creative carpentry. Yeah, um, that's a whole, that's recovery is creative carpentry. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's our new podcast too. There you go. Mad gains, bro, and creative carpentry. <laughs> mad gains, mad pains. Mad. Um. But yeah, man, I, I, um, I, I don't think that for me and, you know, you talk about these, they're just patterns and if I can learn them, then I can unlearn them and I can create new ones and I can rearrange right. the ones that right. I have. Right. Exactly. If it's a, if the pattern, if all you, if you've been drawing triangles your whole life, you could fucking change that shit into a square. Mm -hmm. It's hard. just one extra line pretty much baby that's it spoken like a this true artist a, this has been our npr podcast ah <laughs> oh, but yeah man no i love it it's 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 what is it it's simple but it's not easy yeah pretty much what are you simple, gonna do but it's not what easy. are you gonna do with the rest of the week or what are you gonna how are you gonna take these these troubles I've... that have They'll be all right. I'll fucking deal with whatever I'm dealing with, you know, on the work end. And I, you know what? I have an art show. Um, oh, I got, yeah. Um, yeah, Jason Middleton, who I used to tattoo yeah. with, he works at a place called True Love or something now. He hit me up and said they're doing an art show in Seattle and they're doing clock faces, 10 inch clock faces. Uh huh. And so he sent me a, a wooden clock face and I've been working on painting it right now. So I've got that going on. So if you're in the Seattle area, I don't know where the art show is. I'll promote myself, <laughs> but maybe next podcast I'll tell you where the art show is. But okay. as, as far as I know now, I mean, Seattle's not very big. You should find it. It's a pretty small town. So just Google uh, true love. Just Google art show art Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah. It's hard to read the sarcasm in my voice on the uh, podcast. It's good. It's yeah. good. But I mean, that's something that you enjoy. Like that's something obviously. That's what I'd be doing about. during the week. Yeah. I got a, been playing uh, Conan Exiles. Still? I got it. Yeah. I got a server now. So me and a couple of friends are playing on this server. Plus it's partial nudity. So you can just run around with your boobs out if you're playing a lady. And do you which play is the a lady? rule on the server. Yeah. We all play ladies. We're called the girl gang. <laughs> Fucking run that shit. Metal ingots all day, dude. Just burning metal. Nice. That doesn't make any sense unless some listener out there is like, oh, yeah, I know you fucking jam, dude. Conan That's Exile. about it. Hanging out with Olive. We got to memorize two poems. Yeah. Yeah, and she's got to design a treehouse and figure out the cubic, like, uh, what do you call it? The, the volume of the treehouse and how the parameter and all that shit. And it sounds great, man. Yeah. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. I don't, what, are you going to dress up for Halloween? You got a Halloween party? No, I'm going to be driving to Joshua Tree. I'm going to be on the road. Yeah, your Halloween's going to be spent running. <laughs> right. 
So, uh, but I'm gonna, I'm got, I've got a few more runs. I got some brand new shoes in the mail. So I'm mm-hmm. excited when those come, and I'm gonna go for a long run this weekend and uh, and see uh, see what I can do. That'll be great, man. So. Just leave it better than when you showed up, John. Bam. There it is. Bam. Oh, you know, so speaking of which, I What's uh, that? <laughs> so, There it is not. God. So one of the things when you're out hiking in the desert, we're going to be out there all day, and we have a home to come back to when we're done. But uh-huh. in case you have to um, – in case you feel nature call in the heaviest way, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, take a dump out so nature. So I, yeah. I talked – I went to REI today, and I said to the guy, I was like, look, I don't know what it's called, man. I just somebody said it, I w- I needed a shit kit and he, and he's like uh-huh. the guy's like oh you mean you need a high Sierra toilet and I said yeah, I think so I don't know uh-huh. so he showed me like there's buckets and all these different buckets with like lids and stuff and so I was just like, be running with a bucket no, on your belt no no oh. so basically I was like look I just need the simplest thing like there's a little six inch trowel and so there's like this whole thing where he's like look you mm-hmm. get the, here's this is what you need get this trowel. Bring a couple plastic bags if you got to carry it out. And I was like, I think I'm probably just gonna leave it there. I don't know what the rules are in the just park, but leave it for nature, yeah. But um, that was that's what I was excited about was like learning. I have to learn how to handle my business in a dig different... a poop trench just in case you're running this half marathon, this 12 miles. <laughs> in that 12 miles, you're like, man, I shouldn't have eaten all that Arby's <laughs> last night. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's gonna happen during the race, but I think man, that lasagna dinner was a motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, that Olive Garden at Joshua Tree. I'm telling you. I knew I was lactose intolerant. (laughs) That's great. So um, that was a new experience for me. I now have a trowel. Uh Are you camping out there? You guys have an Airbnb? We got like an Airbnb. Oh, okay. But it was just funny. It's like find a log. You want to dig the hole behind the Uh log so you have somewhere to sit. And then you want to be quick because you don't want to attract any flies. And so like there's all this – be oh. careful too in the desert for like scorpions, spiders, snakes. Mm-hmm. This is real. Just look around. Just use your eyeballs before you. If you have to cop a squat on your uh, run. So, this is um. That sounds fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Hopefully everything yeah. Uh, comes out the way it's supposed to. And it it better. Be. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>